Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Julieta Televi, and tackling your questions this evening are Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investments and Ashraf Mohammed from Corner Peace Capital. If you'd like to send questions to us, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag Stockwatch. Uh, Wayne, Ashraf, good evening to you both. Uh, Ashraf, as the, I suppose the guest uh, on the Wednesday show, if I may start with you, it was a pretty flat overall day for the market. Um, Resources stocks doing some of them doing okay. Um, do, do you get a sense of um, tentativeness in the market ahead of the Fed's decision shortly? Yeah, so it's it's a big week in the in the US. You've got the Fed decision this evening, um, eight o'clock our time, and then on top of that, you had Alphabet, Microsoft out with results. I see 3M was out with results. So a lot of large US corporates also out with results this week. And I think on the back of that, one should expect uh, some measure of volatility. Naspers was the big drag on our market today, um, down 3%. And again, I think that's more just China sentiment um, floating around. Um, Rio Tinto came out with results this morning, and we've seen results from Amplat giving guidance, and Kumba, sorry, giving guidance for the Anglos numbers. But uh, Rio's, you know, down, the dividend was down 40%. So I think that's what we should be expecting from from some of our miners. Yeah. But just going back to Alphabet and Microsoft, um, and Wayne, um, the results both seem to be better than the market had feared. I mean, the market gets too fearful. Uh, and and uh, I was looking at some of the, the, comment, the comments um, in articles um, on, on the, the results. Um, and if I can find the comments, of course, now I can't. Um, but essentially, um, there's a bit of relief that everything isn't falling in a heap. Um, so do you think... You know, we have to take the, the swings that we're seeing in markets with a bit of a pinch of salt, that people get a little bit hysterical and they get um, too nervous when they really shouldn't be. Now, look, there's every reason to be nervous. I mean, this is the <laughs> first time since 2010 that we've had high inflation and high interest rates going up. Or more correctly, it's the first time since 1981 we've had high inflation at this level. So there must be a huge degree of uncertainty in the market, and I think that that's quite normal. However, this round of rising interest rates, I don't think is going to result in an earnings uh, recession, simply because we've spoken about this. There's no debt bubble that's going to burst. So the economy might go into recession and earnings will come down, but we're not going to get the double whammy that we normally do during a period of rising interest rates where earnings come under severe pressure and the rating of the market also comes under severe pressure. Mm. So I think it's only just the rating of the market that's going to come under pressure. So the earnings, the earnings shouldn't be catastrophic going forward, but there's every reason to be cautious on the market because we haven't had this set of circumstances yeah. either for 40 years or for 10 years. Okay. Well, this is a question that is maybe typical of a, of a confused and apprehensive investor uh, that came through a little bit earlier. Um, and he says, hi team, there are talks of a possible global recession. If this happens, how long do recessions last usually? What will happen to the markets? Will they drop 10% or will they collapse by 50% or 50% uh, plus? What will happen to the dollar? Where would be the best place to park money? Shall I sell? Should I sell 50% of my portfolio and keep it in cash for now? Um, Ashraf, 
that would be a bit of an extreme move, I imagine. But um, yeah, yeah. But clearly, it's a fear and that, that maybe a, a lot of people have. That is a loaded question, and uh, Wayne will tell you that's a half an hour presentation right there. <laughs> um, so let me answer part of it. And markets move in anticipation of of recessions, and we've seen we've seen the bulk of that move already. Um, I I don't think we're going to see a 50% fall in the market. In fact, I don't see more than another 10% fall in the market. But if you listen to Nouriel Roubini, then he's uh, he's saying another 30% uh, downside in markets. Um, my view is that we, you know, we will not have an earnings recession, as Wayne mentioned earlier. Um, cash flows remain strong in companies like Microsoft and Alphabet, as well as uh, Meta or Facebook, as, as people note. And, you know, just going back to, to Rio Tinto, they're still sitting with net cash. And in 2015, when, when commodity companies underperformed, they were all sitting with huge net debt. Um, so commodity companies are coming into what you could call um, an earnings recession, um, very strong balance sheets, and they're able to, to support the capital um, their capital expenditure projects. Mm. So I I see this very much as a shallow recession, and it's really Europe and the US that will ultimately record recessions. Okay, uh, sort of lost you right at the end there, but um, Wayne, on the on the question of selling off fifty percent of your portfolio, what would you say to someone who has that uh, question in mind? Look, uh, first of all, I agree with Ashraf I, I, in, in, in all respects about the market and about the economy. It's exactly my view. Look, it's always difficult to get your timing right on the market. Every now and again, the market does give you some indication, uh, warning signals, but it's too late to sell now. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't be selling. And I think we've got to, you know, you do, you, you can identify broad tops of market. You might identify it two years and 20% before it actually hits the top. But, you know, these um, periods of excessive market valuations do occur every now and again. And, of course, it's easy to see it with hindsight, but it, it, it again comes back to human psychology. The day when bad news peaks is the day before the market stops falling and turns up. So you feel absolutely at your most depressed and you want to sell everything you've got, let alone 50% of your portfolio, because you're surrounded by bad news. Mm. I mean, don't expect to hear good news anywhere because there is only bad news. That's why the market's reformed. That's why the market's falling. That's why we're anticipating a recession. That's why people are worried about earnings. That's why the market is down 3 4 5% on certain days. Now, don't get too caught up in the emotions, either positive or negative. And obviously, at the moment, it's just negative emotions. You must be very cautious. I wouldn't sell 50%. As I said, I think it's too late to sell already. Yeah. And also, the the question is, um, I suppose the, the other question would be, well, what would you sell? Um, if you're saying it's too late to sell, uh, are there still some shares that may be... I mean, would that be a blanket, um, you know, irrespective of the industry that the, the share is in? You know, look, I mean, it's, it's, you, wouldn't, well, what, you wouldn't sell your consumer staples. You wouldn't sell your utilities. You wouldn't sell your retailers. You wouldn't sell your banks. 
But highly cyclical shares and expensive shares you may sell. So maybe you know, if you want to sell, sell possibly some mining shares. Although I think the longer-term outlook for mining is extremely good because they've spent no capital expenditure. And as Ashraf said, the balance sheets are in exceptionally good condition, but I still see some downside there. And then sell the expensive shares. Maybe there's more downside in the FANGs. Maybe there's more downside in IT. Maybe there's more downside in pharmaceuticals. Hmm. But we are, we are getting very close to the bottom yep. if, quite honestly, we may have even seen the bottom already. I still think there's 10% to go. Yeah. But we may have already seen the bottom. And certainly, if I was faced with a decision today to say, you have to decide today, it's the only opportunity you got. Do you buy shares, yes or no? You're not going to get another opportunity to buy shares for the next three years. I would actually buy. Yeah, okay. Ashraf, I don't know if you want a last word there or if I should move on to a different question. No, I think we can move on. Okay. So. Well, now there's a question on buying. Uh, um, so what are the pros and cons of buying bond unit trusts versus retail bonds? We had a similar question a little uh, to some extent last week. Um, and when would it be favorable to buy these bond unit trusts? Um, your thoughts? Um, now's, now's as good a time as any. Um, I think that uh, foreigners have largely sold out um, in terms of of their holdings, um, I've seen regular regular foreign sales of South African bonds, and the yields uh, on the ten-year bond is very attractive. So now I think it would be a good time to go and buy buy SA bonds, and uh, you'll be collecting a very nice um, interest. Okay, but would you every, buy our yeah? Would you rather buy a bond unit trust? So, um, you know, you have a spread of bonds in the unit trust, or would you rather buy an RSA retail savings bond, which is a very sort of simple instrument? Yeah, I'd rather buy the bond unit trust because, they, to me, there's more capital upside over the next uh, 12 to 24 months. Okay. I mean, Wayne, your stock pick last week was the 10-year bond. Yeah. So... Um, presumably you would concur with Ashraf that you would rather buy that or a bond unit trust, which is kind of how a retail investor can access it rather than RSA um, retail savings bond. Look, to be honest, I've never bought an RSA retail savings bonds and I don't know how that market works, but I do know unit trusts, you can get in, you can get out. It's, there's liquidity, they're properly regulated. So I would just go with the unit trust. Yeah. I suppose this is the problem with the RSA retail savings bonds. You're, you're locked in for a certain period. So you are there, you've got a term, you've got two years, three years or five years. Yeah. And then you have an interest rate um, uh, that, that is obviously better in the five-year bond. Okay. Um, a very quick question before the break um, on Omnia. Uh, it, it was one of the shares that came off very heavily today. I, I wasn't sure if it had gone ex-dividend, which may explain some of the fall, but it yeah. just... Ex-div. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. Uh, please ask the panel if Omnia looks like a buy after today's 12% drop at 64 Rand, having traded as high as 83 a month ago or so. Uh, Ashraf? Um, you know, I think that uh, Omnia is one of those that has benefited from, from higher mining prices, increasing mining activity in South Africa, and as well as uh, improved agricultural activity in the countries. So I don't really see it as a buy at these levels, but any further weakness, I definitely pick it up. Hmm. Wayne, how about you? Yeah, look there. The I mean, Omnia went down eight rand seventy-five, of which eight rand 
was dividends. So they paid a two rand, two rand seventy five ordinary dividend and a five rand twenty five special dividend. So there's there's you know it fell seventy five percent effectively today for existing shareholders. I quite like Omnia longer term. Yeah, uh, I, I I would also buy it. Can I just ask, um, AECI also came out with results. So similar sort of uh, industries, uh, to some extent, yes. uh, uh, fertilizer, chemicals, explosive. There were record numbers, but the share came off. Um, and I was wondering if it's because, why was that? Was it because it's got a much higher debt and that's got to do with sort of stockpiles and a bit of cash flow management? Any particular reason why the market didn't respond at all and actually hasn't done so over the last six months to AECI? Well, look at it. I mean, certainly the results were, were were good, as you said, but they've increased their debt enormously. It's gone up from twenty two percent to forty four percent, or if I remember correctly. And I think the market will be a little concerned about that. I mean, the debt levels in itself isn't that high; it's just the percentage increase. Yeah. But the market is wary at the moment, and I mean, I know the retailers came up with fantastic. Uh, results and they were rewarded handsomely in the share prices. But you know, retailers are a lot less cyclical than a company like AECI. And if there's talk of recession, you know, maybe the market won't mm. actually reward it right now. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to move on um, <laughs> to Marafi. In fact, uh, two questions, interestingly. Sometimes you get clusters of questions around particular shares. Um, and the question is Marafi had a good sense on the output to the end of June. Is it too late uh, to be buying up the share? Uh, Ashraf, I'll start with you. Yeah, so uh, Marafi is one of those that uh, has always promised a lot. They, they're starting to deliver in terms of, of production numbers. Um, and it's not one that I'm entirely comfortable with. If you're wanting to look, you know, in the mining sector, my stock pick tonight is, is a mining company. But you look at, you, you can look at companies like Northern, you can look at uh, Rio Tinto. You can look at BHP Bulletin. Far better quality and uh, cheaply rated as well. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, far less risk. Yeah, because this is pretty much a it's a it's sort of a one trick pony, really. Ferrochrome. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 got a joint venture with Glencore. Um, Wayne, but it is quite frustrating, as Mar- uh, uh, as Ashraf said, Marafi has promised lots and then has these periodic spurts higher, but then it always kind of dribbles back and you get sort of perennially disappointed with the thing. But they have got a lot of cash and you wonder why yes. the share price doesn't necessarily reflect that the, the cash that they have on their balance sheet. Look, the share price in the last couple of years has done phenomenally well. You know, it's it's gone up what, oh, 70 cents to 150. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's certainly been a good performer. But generally speaking, in investments, it's not a, a, a rule cast in, in, in concrete, but generally speaking, you think twice and blink your eyes and sleep on it a few times before you buy a single commodity company mm. that just relies on one single commodity. Yeah. And when looking at the share price of Marafi, I mean, it is at a record high, if I'm not mistaken, or virtually close to a record high. And I would be a little cautious to go in and buy now, but it's heavily cyclical. I mean, you get it right, you make a fortune. You get it wrong, same as Kumba. Mm. You know, you lose a fortune. Yeah. It's I a d- difficult share. 
I don't think it's close to record high. I mean, if we can bring up a 10-year chart on Marafi, we'll see. Uh, certainly in the last couple of years, it's... It certainly has in the five-year high, it's, it's five yeah. years, it's, it's probably a record high. Yeah. Or Although I, I am sure I remember Marafi at two odd, two rand odd a share, sort of closer to three rand a share, at least 10 it's years ago. It's quite possible, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, look, so look, if you bought it, it then, it, it you're it not really a, happy. Yeah, it hit a recent peak of, of two rand and it's back at one rand 50 now, but... I mean, this thing was actually below 50 cents, I think, in 2020, 2020 and 21. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got a chart up. And yes, as you say, it's uh, on a five-year basis, it has been close to record highs in the last few months. Um, can I just ask you, uh, sticking with resources, um, and Ashraf, not to preempt your stock pick, and, and uh, hopefully I don't, um, but Amplat's, Anglo Platinum's results that came out uh, this week, and I asked Natasha Fulyun about their operating margins. Um, you know, at 59%, they're massive. They're not as high as they were last year when it was 71%, but they are still way in excess of their own internal targets of between 35 and 40%. So does that mean as an investor, if you're, if you're yeah. looking to buy a share in a mining company like Amplatz, which has got plenty of cash on its balance sheet, prices are still fairly stable, but the the operating margin is still that much higher than their own internal targets, then actually you're on a hiding to nothing. Um, if you're, does it still mean that you're actually buying at sort of peak PGM and you're not going to do well because it's almost inevitable that it's downhill from here? Well, your operating margin is a function of two things. Um, one is uh, price and the rand price of the, the, the commodity, and two, it's your your operating costs and how you manage those costs. Um, I think that the management teams of South African mining companies have done an exceptionally good job in managing the costs down, um, and that's why they've benefited. The second thing is they haven't gone out and done acquisitions, although Northern and Impala are battling for, for Royal Buffer King. Mm. But that aside, these guys have utilized their cash more efficiently and made shareholders happy by paying our special dividends. Yeah. Wayne, um, I mean, certainly if you look at that chart there, uh, you're buying it at half the price it was in its recent half peak. Half the price, yeah. So, but I don't know if that's half, of, uh, you know, that 50% down from almost 2,600 rand a share is the right price or cheap or expensive at this point. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's very reasonable value. I, I, I must say, probably should on a three to five year view buy it now. But you must remember their return on capital beating their own targets. That's on historic capital. Their target, their, the target that they use for return on capital or investment will be how they evaluate new projects. Okay. And the one difference, the one difference between platinum shares and virtually any other shares is limited availability. So normally if a company is showing 75% return on capital or 50% return on capital, they attract competitors. Everyone wants to jump into that particular industry. You can't with Platinum. Mm. In fact, I think Amplatz was, uh, am I correct in thinking it was 150%? It was some massive figure. It's quite possible. I mean, even um, yeah. who, who was it? Um, well, I can't remember, but, but one, one of the mining companies came out with their results and you know, the return on capital, even with earnings falling 50%, was still 98%. But that's on historic capital. Okay. But remember, don't forget that 2015, these companies were virtually bankrupt. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is still an astonishing swing. So, um, and, um, you know, if you're new to the markets, go back 10 years and look and see what's happened to these companies. And that totally illustrates cyclicality, I guess. Um, I wanted to ask about Aframat. Um, Ashraf, they came out with an announcement today that they're going to raise some equity capital, uh, roughly 5% of their market cap. Uh, the market cap's about 8 billion. So that's what, 400 million Rand? Do you think that's a good move? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I can't recall Aframat um, issuing equity capital, or perhaps I've just forgotten, but this seems a first for them. Julieta, it's not one that I that I follow, but, uh, you know, if they, as Wayne mentioned earlier, if they can get better returns on their capital um, and therefore, you know, the issue price of the shares... Um, and the capital they invest into projects, if they can get a better return on that, then no issues from my side in terms of them raising more capital. Um, some companies do it by dividend reinvestment programs. You see that on a lot of the REITs because management feel they can hold on to the cash, purchase additional assets, and, uh, and give investors a better longer-term return. Okay. Um, Wayne, I don't know if you followed this one. Um, yeah, they, I, I they're known actually, as savvy yeah. uh, capital allocators. So, would you say yeah. you would back them? Yeah. Look, the five the five percent of the market cap as a rights issue is not not that massive. I mean, the company's shares is trading more or less at a at a, a a high. So, to issue at this stage is not the the worst thing to do, and it's still at a at a fairly decent price earnings ratio. So. You know, certainly if I was a shareholder here, and I wish I was because it's actually done very well, um, I would certainly take up the rights. I don't think this rights issue is going to be a major issue, major problem. Okay. And it certainly is for expansionary projects that they sketched yeah. out um, in the SENS announcement today. Uh, there's a question on Sassel. What is a good entry point for Sassel? Um, Wayne, just sticking with you for the time being. Yeah. Look, it's very difficult to say on what an entry point is, but... I think the oil price in the next year, two years, whatever, I don't know the time scale, is going to be 70 or 80. Somewhere it's going to be significantly lower. So, you know, the Cecil, the Cecil entry point might be well below where the current price is, is trading. Because you must remember, I know there were technicalities involved and there were all sorts of funny things happening in the world oil price. But within living memory, literally two years ago, you know, this was a 20 rand share. Mm. So I, I suppose if it falls, I mean, if they want a number, if it falls to 250 rand, you know, go and buy it. Ashraf, what are the odds of that happening in your view? Uh, you know, it's a function of, of the oil price and uh, how long, how much longer the war goes on. Um, speaking to commodities traders in Asia last week, they were telling me that they're expecting a very very cold winter and they're saying above 120 dollars um for oil so again it depends on how the war in the ukraine goes and how much more oil they can get out of over plus mm. okay all right so i, I think the, maybe the answer just to the entry price question is anyone's guess at this point yeah. um yes we'll get into yeah. your stock picks this evening then um ashraf if i may stay with you uh you hinted at a mining company um which one is it yeah so the one that's popular amongst uh, amongst the stock pickers on the show is uh, sabanye 
It's on uh, 3.6 PE. I did some work on it uh, last week. And uh, given its, uh, you know, its strong pay down of, of its debt over the past two years, I can see them comfortably paying a dividend equivalent to a 10% yield for the coming 12 months. Yeah, and you would be far happier picking it up at under 40 Rand than 70 Rand a share, I imagine. Absolutely. And uh, you've just got to remember that, uh, you know, even though Neil Froneman has been threatening to do transactions, he hasn't pulled the trigger on, on any one. So he's still sitting with a cash pile in his uh, balance sheet. Yeah. Okay. Wayne, how about you? Look, I'm going for ShopRite. I mean, the retailers are doing much better than what anyone anticipated, the actual underlying earnings. I know the share is at a 20-plus price earnings ratio, which is quite high. And I know the share has done well, and but they just seem to have it all together. In fact, maybe maybe a stock pick should have been the retailers, except for Woolworths, any retailer, because they are doing phenomenally better than what the market anticipated. The underlying earnings are fantastic. Mm. Why did you think about Woolworths as your exception there? Well, they've... Okay, I know that this current results were badly affected by Australia, but that wasn't the, it wasn't their company, it was Australia. But even when you look at the food, I mean, the food sales didn't shoot the lights out there. Mm. I mean, yep. They barely covered their own internal food inflation rate. And the apparel and the home and all of that stuff's not doing all that well. I mean, they weren't bad results, but in comparison to to other to other retailers, they were, you know, quite quite poor. Yeah. Okay. Well, we shall leave it there. Uh, Wayne um, Ashraf, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Uh, good to chat to you both. Uh, Wayne McCurry is from FNB Wealth and Investments. Ashraf Mohammed is from Corner Piece Capital. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a good evening. <laughs>